session uh, with me, Pastor Josh, uh, and with Pastor Matt. But we have somebody else here. We do. Uh, she's your lovely wife. Yes. Plays the piano. No. Um, also loves to knit. Be nope. part of WM Ministries. Nope. Uh, she also enjoys um, doing things like uh, back talking folks at prayer meeting. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, who's this woman? So she is a blogger and soon to be published author. Blogger in 2007. Yeah, let's just go with a writer. <laughs> writer? Yeah. Okay. Um, she's a writer, a soon to be published author, the creative media director of South Point Church, um, a mother, mm. a working woman. And making her own money. Making her own money. Don't need no man. Uh, and she is an amazing wife. Her name is Tegan Bombay. She's joining us tonight. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. How are you guys? You're doing Good. great. You look, you look a little nervous. Well, I don't know what to say next. You asked me how I was. Okay. So. <laughs> so tonight we're talking about the uh, joy of longevity. Yeah. We are. I mean, <laughs> that's the title Tegan gave us. Yeah. But, uh, well, she's the writer. I said the journey. I said long something. Suffering. Oh. <laughs> but. Okay, so what did you mean by that, Tegan? Why do you want to talk about uh, the long, the joy, joyed the joy. journey? What's in your heart? The joy of longevity. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Josh, it's come not on Josh's it. heart. No. no. I just said, I was thinking this week when you messaged and said, hey, by the way, Thanksgiving, yes, no, get back to us, let us know. And I was like, oh, it's just so cool that we have friends that are family, that all of us have been here for a season of time now, Mm. and that we've kind of planted roots here, and how that's become such a nice thing in our lives, instead of always getting up and replanting every few years. Yeah, because, so if, if, if you're new to the podcast, or maybe you're new to the church world... On average, I think pastors have a tendency, at least historically, historically, have had a tendency to stick around at a church for about three to four years. And I think, as you said, it is in a previous podcast um, that once all their material, they've gone through their material and they have nothing left to to give their greatest hits, their greatest hits. Then the vulnerability, the putting yourself out there, the exposure, the planting of roots becomes a little bit more vulnerable. And then they, well, I I just need to go to another church. Yeah. And so to to stay into a community, into a group of friends, into a church where now we've planted, where there has been in a short period of time of, um, it's not been quite three years yet. Um, but you've had the good, you've had some bad, sure. You've had some ugly, you've had people come, you've had people go, you've had friends come, you've had friends go mm-hmm. and how all of that wouldn't be there for us mm-hmm. as a church and as a family, if we hadn't have planted our roots here, because it was just as easy for us when we left our previous church yeah. to pick up 
and then go into the same mold, into the same area, into another church doing something slightly the same but slightly different, and yeah. you know, hey, we're at another church. Do you, do you guys ever feel that now you actually you feel like a normal human? Oh yeah. Right, like because yeah. because I think for a lot of us, we you know pastors especially, and and I don't want to make this whole thing about pastors and no, you no. know what whatever, but the reality is like. Lots of times I think the reason why people can't um, find a common ground with pastors is because they don't understand, like, they don't get it, right? Like, well, you move every two years, um, you you can restart in a new place all the time, um, like, I've lived in the same place my whole life, you know, like that, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I think when you look at, oh, well, they're sticking around, like, they're not just moving uh, you know, when it's convenient or whatever, like, and because you guys had moved around a little bit before and so do we, but what, what has that, I think, produced for you? Like in your own, in your old life, like even in your own spiritual life, like how has just sticking around the same folks when they get to see the the good, the bad, the ugly, like instead of you playing your greatest hits, you end up paying, playing the B-sides. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are really experimental and weird and go off into some <laughs> tangent with like a tambourine. Uh, and if you play them backwards, you might say the devil. So like, and we've all gone through those B-side seasons, I think. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, there is something about sticking somewhere for a long time. So I used to say to Matt, the thing that I struggled with the most in ministry was that we would move to a church and then you're just put into this setting with people that you're just expected to mesh with and to be friends with. And I'm like, I don't really feel like there's really many other places in life where you're just like expected to be social in that situation. Like you can go into work and do your job and decide who you want to kind of align with. But with ministry, it's like, even like in a smaller church too, you just kind of are put with the people in your age group and you're like, well, I don't even really have anything in common with these people. Mm -hmm. So to be able to be here long term, I think that's one thing we've been able to actually find who we want to be friends with, who we mesh well with, who we have the same things in common with. And so they're actually real lifelong friendships because they're not just of convenience, I guess. And then the other thing that makes me feel more normal, and this was always a dream of ours, was that our kids would have would live in one place and go to one school and to be a part of a community and not be moving around like we did. Uh, Not me so much, but you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the three friends that we have, we really like them. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's what this whole thing was about, was, was getting three friends, four friends. Yes. But, but but truthfully, like... Was that a joke? Yeah, of course. Oh. I have more than three friends, it, right? It didn't no, hit. It wasn't I didn't, strong. It didn't I hit for Josh and I because that's <laughs> our reality. Oh, that's true. What, what do you mean? Good. That's good. I don't and like And two of them are the right here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my bad. What I meant to say was, um, if they're all the friends that we have, um, it, it's been good. Like, it, it's, it's actually been a really cool season of life. We've been here since 2010 now. And to be able to journey through life with people... And uh, some people have come, some people have gone. There's been a lot of consistent. Yeah. And like you said, there's been good. Mm-hmm. There's been great. There's been tough times. And 
sad times and all those things but you you when you're doing it with you know your people when you're doing it with with people that you may not always agree with mm. and you may not always like even but you love them and mm. you care for them and you want to see the best in them it's cool to be a part of that for a long term where you see like even kids growing up that you know they they didn't have kids and now they do have kids and their mm-hmm. kids are growing up and our kids and their kids are friends and they're 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 interacting together and and i think that the inverse or the reverse inverse is, is true too like when you're just somebody not just somebody but when you're somebody in the congregation when mm-hmm. you're somebody who is part of a local church and you have a turnover of staff it's really tough to commit to, to, to you know, like say, well, I, I poured my heart out to that person. Yeah. And now they're gone. Right. And when, when staff are turning over every two to three years, which has been the average, it's really hard to like put yourself out there. You know, Remember like when, it's tough. When we met and you came to my home church to be the youth pastor, he was not my youth pastor. I was in college. Anyways, I always have to say that. Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt. Um, I remember thinking that it was weird if people stayed longer than three years and that they were like clingy and had to get a life and move on. (laughs) And you were like, "Uh, that's not really like a good thing. It's not normal. Yeah. 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 But. Well, I, but I think, okay. So then like even, even for you professionally, um, Tegan like Mm -hmm. you've been in the same office for 10 years that's what I was gonna say I was gonna say that for me the longevity piece of it and the friendships has been not even in a place of ministry or in Mm -hmm. a church or Christian friends or well my a lot of my coworkers are Christians but it's been just through my job which is totally separate from all of that other stuff so yeah it's been cool yeah, and I think with longevity, like the cool thing is, is not just friendships. It's not just. Yeah. It, it's kind of creating something, C- creating um, whether for our in our context, it's a church, right? We've plant. We 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 were at a church. Now we've planted mm-hmm. a church, and we can't expect that church to grow, and it can't expect people to um, trust us. Yeah. If, you know, we plant and then three years later, two years later, four years later, we're gone. And, you you know, you want to invest into something. And again, I moved around my whole life, my whole life. I think, and I I can't, don't, I haven't done the math in a while, but I think I've lived, moved 43 times in my life. My Lord. And you're 41. Yeah. Like I have lived in... In forty three different locations, and and uh, how I judge that is when I've moved my stuff. I don't want that for my kids, and, and I run. I say that ironically, and we've already lived in. I lived in four homes, but the same city. Same I don't think city. it counts. Yeah, because I have coworkers that have done the same. My boss is like that. She's moved a ton of times within Saskatoon, and she's like, "Yeah, that's just a place, but this is her home, yeah, like the right. actual it's city." Re- it's reasonable. It's yeah. like, oh, you, people are still going to the same schools. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So okay, but then, do you ever think that maybe there's dangers to that? Like I and and what I and what I mean by that is for me, for example, like, um. I think if you get so close, 
and so comfortable that sometimes you can be that can be a detriment to you too, right? Like you can be like, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine, and when it's not fine because you can't see it, um, you know. But for you guys, you're you're a few years ahead of us anyway, like in in terms of that. And I think I think what's what's good for folks to hear that are listening, like, well, sometimes you don't see the ordinary of your life as good. Like, you're like, this is boring. I've never been anywhere. I don't do anything. I, like, um, lived in the same place my whole life. Like, not, not a big deal. But, like, for a lot of people looking from the outside in, like, that's actually something they they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I think a few things there. One, the dangers of it. But then, two, like, how should people see this as an opportunity to not only be about their faith, but also, like... Actually, how should people invest in relationships when people have seen the good, bad, the ugly, and maybe they've lost some footing in those relationships? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'll go first and then Tegan can follow up. But to answer the first part, it, sure, there there is a fear of staying too long. But I often think that that is sometimes more ministry centric than it is like if you were a dentist at an office for 25 years, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's a problem. Oh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, right? <laughs> if you're the CEO of a company for a long period of time, if you own a business for a long period, those are all positives. In ministry, I think ministry could be a little bit more like being the GM of a, of a sports franchise where when your message is being heard when there's a lot of things going well when when you know your team's winning quote unquote whatever that means you know it's good but 20 years in are you still do you still on are you still on top of your game and that that's kind of the mentality that that kind of goes around and i think there is some truth to that where you know you need to have the right people around you to say you know, might be time, might not be. I don't know. Um, and and I know that that's a very subjective thing because, I mean, I, I've been in church where I've led worship and in the same service, somebody came up to me and said, that was the best worship I have heard. And I'm like, wow, okay, cool, thanks. Mm. Thanks, mom. <laughs> cha, 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 cha. It wasn't. And then, <laughs> and then, and then a second person, no more than ten minutes later, goes, "You know what? I didn't like that at all. That 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 didn't strike a chord with me at all." Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so, it's all subjective, but there is there is a fear that when, you know, what is it that everybody else sees it before you do? Mm. Sometimes, right? Like everybody else sees the the issues, and everybody else sees. And there's a sense of familiarity breeds contempt. And there's there's a sense that you stay too long. And maybe especially in ministry where things are ever evolving, you know, the uh, the message of the gospel doesn't change, but maybe the methods and how we present and all that do a little bit. Um, and if you're not adapting to certain things, um, it becomes a challenge. And that's why, like you see during COVID, it became a real challenge for church certain churches to adapt and to... Uh, go online, go digital, because they were like, well, this is the way we've always been. Mm. We shall not be moved. 
right? Hot take. <laughs> and so we haven't been, you know, and, and so they struggle. They struggle. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's my thought on the long, you know, staying too long. Um, but you can also see how it'd be so hard to like, to, to even realize that it is too long, right? Because it sure. becomes your life, especially when you have broke that mold or that norm of moving on and you've created this environment where the longevity is important right so I don't know I I I think it'll be very hard for us one day when we're at South Point and it's not our time to be there anymore because this has become our whole life yeah right down to the city yeah yeah that was aggressive I know yeah needed to be see I for me I I just really like the idea of just being around folks, a small group of people that I really like, that I do life with, and I don't need very much else. Um, and sometimes, I, you know, for me, I feel bad about that because I'm like, oh, I should like want to be around people all the time and doing things and like uh, talking to folks and you know deals 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 (laughs) get nuts but like I I, yeah because that's not sustainable number one even if you are extroverted you're extroverted but you're not like that you can schmooze it up a little bit when you're in the right setting but that's not how you live your life Matt yeah but I get that Josh well I, I I just feel like when I go to work or when I'm with other folks that don't aren't part of the Christian subculture mm-hmm. um like everybody else in the world like I think the reason why Friends was such a popular show was because it was the same six people that hung out all the time and you knew who they were they knew who th- who they were Mm -hmm. and it was comfortable and familiar yeah right like i i actually think like that's pretty normal um and the older i get the more i get like very antsy about the idea of like getting to know new people and schmoozing Mm -hmm. you know i i just literally want to sleep on my on my memory foam pillow (laughs) <laughs> oh okay. well it's because you have lived enough to know how quickly time goes and how precious your time is right yeah you don't want to waste it on people that you don't really want to waste it on and it, and it's not that i don't think people are worth investing in no. like, don't get me wrong but i just think like so i think you said this a few weeks ago about about jesus actually you said something about jesus uh and it, it's one of those things they teach you in in like I think Bible college, but not really. Um, Jesus had 12, but he really invested in about four. Like, not that he didn't like the other, yeah. the other no, eight, it's true. but there was four that he, you know, really hung out with and, and, and did his thing with. And, and I just and, and think then there was actually, yeah, even one, one, who yeah. was his, you know, he considered probably his best friend. So, yeah. And, and I just think there is this space where like, you can actually be with people so long that they are allowed and you've given them the complete allowance to just call you out on all the garbage that you do 
mm-hmm. because they know you so well. They're not your mom or dad. They're not your sibling. And, you know, for some people, it may be their siblings. But for most people, it's like these two friends that are literally like, you're being a moron right now. Why are you doing this? And those are the only people in your life where you're like, I'm going to let you talk to me like that. Yeah. And most, <laughs> most, like in the ministry context, most pastors don't let anybody get close enough to them oftentimes to be able to speak that much yeah. truth to them. So to be, to be able to expose yourself enough to have people um, tell you the truth in love and you listen and not just, you know, tell them they're idiots is a big deal. Yeah. Um, to get back to your original question, this, the second thing you asked was how do people deal with like the mundaneness of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the longevity of just life in general. And, and I, I think I spoke a, a message when we first started our church plant on God in the mundane greatest hits right it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> my greatest hits no i i think I'm that just was kidding. no 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 that's i'm fair. just kidding but no whatever josh that's fine don't judge me um but but just the idea that it's probably in 98 percent of our life the mundane where god yeah. operates hey that's what my book's about okay this is not a time to plug your book plug. it basically <laughs> plug, is plug okay talk about this tagan tell us about okay. your book well, well that was book... my pop that was my lead-in for tagan's no book. It and w- go i don't want to do a full thing because i have to like build up so my publisher told me but um oh my <laughs> gosh this is getting real <laughs> no that but that is basically what my book is about it's called salem moments the everyday places where i found god or the everyday moments haven't really worked that one out yet it's not a fish yet but it is about like <laughs> it's not a fish yet okay she's a big deal okay it's about this realization that i had as i look back through my life that the the big monumental moments are not so much the places where i find mm. god it's in the everyday things like from when the first time I got up and sang when I was like seven years old in front of my church. When I yeah. look back at that, I'm like, that was a stepping stone for me to learn how to get out of my comfort zone. Could you give us a little snippet of the song that you oh, sang? Oh, I could. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You, I always sing it for you. I know Come on, you let's Come do on. it. Let's hear it right now. The people want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shamala. Let me find my note. <laughs> it was the 90s. Okay. It was the 90s. It's, oh, I gotta find my <laughs> Mm-mm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> this is my moment, okay? Every day somebody gives another way to stay fit. Diets, pill foods, aerobics, and grapefruit. You haven't seen the last of it. No, you haven't. But mama told you a way to start every day. So you see, it's nothing new. Oh, no. So if an apple a day will keep the doctor away, think what a prayer will do. Oh, oh. Wow. I was going to say, amazing. if an apple a day will keep the doctor away, <laughs> think what a COVID shot will do. Oh, no. <laughs> Hot take. Too Hot much? Take. Oh, wow. okay. That was Lauren Talley. Lauren Talley she from the Talley family. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that. I just they were a big there. traveling Southern gospel group, and I had oh. all the cassettes. Wow! Oh, what makes? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, okay. Well, she's, Popcorn she's... pop or a brown cow give white milk and yellow butter. Wow! Wow! <laughs> That's. <something>. Um. <laughs> 
Uh, no, not really. I know the Christian songs, but it the, gets there, you know. They got that out of a Beverly Lewis book for sure. Oh, probably. Amish love stories. <laughs> <laughs> parables. Get them a parables. Nice. All right. So uh, continue on about uh, your That's your pretty story. much. I don't want to give it away. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that. You know what song was really a hit for me? Ready or Not by the Fugees. Ready, Ready or, or not, not, here I come. come. You can't hide. I play my enemies like a game of chess where I stress no <laughs> zest if you don't smoke zest less. I'm a- <laughs> wow. I know. Sorry. What was yours? I don't listen to a lot of music, but maybe, um, what would people do <laughs> if they find that it's true? The DC I saw a talk. man with a tat yeah, on his big yeah. fat belly wiggled around like marmalade this t- jelly. Turned into it took a me a musical. while to catch what he said because I had to match the rhythm of his belly to my head. Wow. Gangsta's paradise. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Tell us about those uh, moments, mundane moments. That, that's, so that's your it's book. just yeah, yeah, just yeah, everyday moments. Yeah, and I think like the idea of just life. Like I think somehow, even maybe in church, we've built up, we've built up this idea that God, even though he's a he is a big God, and even though there's scripture that says you know like he. He he's a he whispers to you in that still small voice. We somehow think that he 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 operates more on the big mm-hmm. because you see big moments in the Bible. You see big you know David versus Goliath, bum bum bum, like all those kind of things. <laughs> but really, you don't see it's in the gap, right? It's it's in the time from that to when David became king, or it's in that when. That's when God also moved in the majority of his life. And that's when God moves in our lives. It's not in the big bottom of the ninth inning, full count. Here comes the pitch. You know, it's this intense moment in sports, right? It's not this buildup all the time. And I think because people assume that that's maybe how God is supposed to operate when God isn't operating in that facet or in in, in that time frame or whatever, it, it it becomes, oh, well, another day, another dollar. Mm-hmm. Hot take. I think we were lied to. And here's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> isn't a my... case for unsolved mysteries yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm Matlock. <laughs> okay, hit me, Matlock. Maybe even Columbo. Oh. Um, so I liken it to the way we were taught about sex growing up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. You look at your watch like, oh, this guy's going to go on forever. Um, so like we were taught, hey, you save it for marriage. It's going to be amazing. Uh, promise you. Now, I'm not saying don't save it for marriage. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is probably for folks that do save it for marriage when they do it for the first time it's not amazing it's like oh this is uncomfortable uh, but the what we were sold is a bill of goods of 
there's going to be jelly beans that come out from underneath the bed. <laughs> not sure where they were coming from for a minute. I'm so Whoa. glad you said C- that. <laughs> Cupid, Cupid is literally flying around the room, shooting you with arrows. Yeah. Barry White falling playing in the background. Oh. Um, you know, like rainbows are the promise of the Lord is on the wall. Oh, like yeah. it's unicorns. It, wild, yeah. wild, wild, mystical animals. And <laughs> I, okay. And, uh, and, and then a lot of people get disenfranchised because they were like, I did all this. And then, you know, they go into marriages and they're like, oh, like this isn't what I expected. And and I liken it to that because I think for a lot of us growing up, uh, especially in in the 90s, um, there was these moments of time where they told us, be a history maker. Do oh, big yeah. things. World changer. Be world changers. Like literally your life can change things. Like look at um, whoever it was. Is it true today? Billy Graham. Oh yeah. Like look yeah, at yeah. all, you could be the next Billy Graham. Like you could you be, be like the next Pat Schatz line. Oh my gosh. Let's not talk about him. Okay. Okay. And I, I think the hard part is like we all got sucked in by it. Sure. And we're like, yes, I'm going to go change the world. And so then when you lived a normal human life of just everyday stuff, you know, go get groceries, like have kids, be up all night. It's almost like we just said, nah, what, like, what did I do wrong that this is my life? Right. Yeah. Like that, that the the comment could be. This shouldn't be my life. This shouldn't be where I'm at. How I, could this happen to me? I um, was supposed to do big things for Jesus. I was supposed Jesus. to be a world changer. I was supposed to be a world changer. One, either I failed and yeah. I'm not good enough to ever step foot into a church again, or I've messed up too much, or I miss my, I, you know, I miss my shot, Eminem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I miss your opportunity to blow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think what happens is people equate that with the the hype of growing up in the nineties, yeah. and they 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 equate that. Picture. My bad. Um, they equate that hype with that that person or that those moments those that generation. Yeah. Uh, they've heard those things for so long that they equate it to God. Mm-hmm. That it's now God's fault, even though it was a man's push, it was a man's words, it was. It was hype from a pulpit or a platform. They say, well, if it didn't happen for me, then this is God's fault. And they blame God. Well, yeah. And and most of those guys, mostly guys, um, that said those things, we all know, like we know them personally. They're not changing the world. Yeah. (laughs) They're only paying their mortgages like the rest of us. Some of them aren't even... In ministry anymore, no. doing and saying those things, those hype things. Yeah. Like, and so when you started to believe the hype and that God was for you, not against you, which is totally true. It's but true. It is true. But it doesn't always look and feel the way we think it should. And this ties into all kinds of things about how we expect God to respond to our prayers, when mm-hmm. we expect God to step into our situations. It's like if he doesn't come in with a bang, then does God even exist? Yes. And so you have you have this whole thing of coming back to the original point of this longevity is that when you're at a place long enough, 
And I think when you're grounded, when you're rooted, when you're planted. When you know you, what you're supposed to be doing. And you know what you're supposed to be doing. When the people around you are all kind of going the same direction, and the same path, the same journey, the ups and downs, the left and rights of it all. And as long as we're not preaching heresy and going crazy, we're able to keep this ship steady. We're, mm. we're able to keep it above water. Yeah. We're able to, when there are issues, that when the, I don't know much about ship talk. So um, like if water starts coming in, you can get it out as a group and as people together. But that so doesn't easy. happen when you're constantly just jumping overboard every three years to go onto a new ship. Yeah. And and that, and that's not just pastors. No, that's yeah. that's, like, that's churchgoers. Hey, yeah. Oh, uh, I've been at this church long time. They're annoying. I'm going to go somewhere else. Oh, these friends that I have, they're annoying. I'm going to go switch them up because these people are weird. Like, oh, like at some point, don't we realize that the problem is you? Like me? Like <laughs> well, me personally? No. Well, when everybody else around you is an issue, it's probably you that's actually the issue. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we don't like we, we don't like looking at ourselves that well, way, it, right? Isn't it just like isn't it like easier though in every every aspect of life to go get something new instead of repair the old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and and instead of investing in relationships, instead of investing in yourself, instead of changing, instead of repairing things that are broken or you know, I have a we have lots of friends and not I don't always like all those friends at all the time. But I don't just the minute I disagree with them or the minute I have an issue with them, I don't just cast them out Mm -hmm. and then go get a new set of friends until they do something to make me mad. And then I cast them out too, um, to get something new, but that's how kind of the world operates. Right. And I think when you have, when you, when you're willing to intentionally, Oh my gosh. He brought it back around. Thanks guys. That's why I'm the lead pastor. Um, when you are in willing to intentionally, go after those things intentionally have longevity you open yourself up to a lot of stuff and oftentimes we think of negative but there's a lot of good that comes from it as well true and that's what makes i think a great church i think that's what makes great friendships you and i have been friends for long time long time um Long time, mm-hmm. fifteen or sixteen years at least. Yeah, but I think so. But I don't think we were at, like we. Well, we're, I never really liked you. No, we, I mean we oh. were friends. Oh, okay. But like, I, I was just preemptively I, putting up a wall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't think we were actually. There was a deepness of friendship until right. like we moved here. Yeah. Because even up to that point, it was like you know Josh is a loud guy, uh, Matt. I don't know, whatever. And like, <laughs> uh, he, couldn't, he, just, he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to you say know why? it. <laughs> because I love you mm. and you're not Patch line. or oh. I, you know what? And, and this is, this is what I mean. Like we, do you know the depth of the friendship came for me with you and Carrie when we were done at the former church and we were in between in the transition yeah. period and you guys constantly checked in with us. And for me, that was a really big deal. I used to tell that, say that to Matt all the time. Like, I'm still so surprised that they always call and check in on us all the time. And that was a really important thing for me. Big deal. Yeah. I, but, but that's what I, I, I think like we diminish that. Yeah. Like we're like, oh, well, you know, they left. Eh, who cares about them now? 
and 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 it's almost like uh and i i don't I, that's how it feels and, and and i don't see this like i i do see it in other parts of the world but like in the christian world i would think that that would be personally i i actually think that that should not be there but i think lots of times it's like you served your purpose mm-hmm. now i'm done with, and we don't say that because mm-hmm. we're like no they were lovely we love them we prayed for them <laughs> yeah. but like really it's like well i'm not going to call you again because the only the only thing we had connecting us was the fact that we went to the same church or we're on the same staff or on you know whatever like the same small group for like a year and then well but there's nothing deep there and right. i think there's that's no where yeah. i think that's where like we have to do a better job uh you know as followers of jesus to to not be folks that are happy with you know i kind of know you i think it's we need to get into people's lives and you know intentionally stay there and have the joy of longevity in those friendships and those connections oh my goodness see that? there he goes you're good <clears throat> you're 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 real good mm. I just have one final thing to say. Take us home, Tegan. Well, no, you kind of did, but... No, no, wrap it up. No, no, wrap it up. Well, I remember when we lived on Big Island, in when we were pastoring in oh, Belleville, yeah. Ontario, I remember, like, struggling with that whole, like, history maker, big deal, people, and seeing that happen, but feeling like well, what we were doing was... in insignificant yes and i remember the lord saying to me those are just big or big fish in a little pond basically and that has always helped me along the journey because when i get like distracted by those things i remember that moment and i just remember what we're supposed to be doing and i had something else to say too Hmm. i think it was about you think that like you're journey in ministry is supposed to be something that grows and gets bigger and bigger, whether that's the size of a church, the size of a ministry, or like how important it looks on the outside. But with time, I've come to realize that I think our purpose is just to like be normal people that live normally and like bring people along the way with us and not like make it all fluffy for them. Define define fluffy. Like... There's an an old school thought that like pastors can't be friends with people that go to their church, which I can understand that's a bit difficult, but I don't know. I feel like it's important for me to be friends with people that come to our church and for them to know the real me and for them to know that like my kids drive me crazy sometimes Mm -hmm. and I get tired from working, but I have to do it or I don't know, just all those other things that you struggle with in life and that we have them too, because I feel like growing up for me, it was always like happy, happy, happy pastors look pretty, look good, dress perfect. Their kids are perfect. And that ain't it. And and Christians in general, I think most people are a, Oh, everything's going to look good. Everything's going to be good. Everything's got to sound good. We don't fight. We don't do anything. Yeah. And I actually think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable when you're just yourself mm-hmm. and I think like it actually terrifies folks because they're like if the pastor and the pastor's wife who plays the piano kisses babies <laughs> uh, sits there as a submissive woman 
unto the Lord. <laughs> what? See, that's the reason why when I was 12, I said I was never going to marry a pastor because that's what I thought it was. Yeah. But and I was like, no freaking way am I doing that. Yeah. And and, and I think like the, the expectation on the other side is, oh, well, look how spiritual they are. Mm. And then when you kind of break it down, I think it terrifies people because people want a savior. They want a hero. Mm-hmm. They want a couple. They can be like, that's the standard or a person. That's the standard. That's what we need to be like. And, but if they're breaking apart, oh my gosh, like what's going on with me? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a fear of facing the brokenness in yourself. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that's why community and being around each other is so important. And, uh, you know, you guys have seen me through some really, really crazy things like where I would just like go off more than normal about life in general. And you just sit there and listen to me and then you'd both be like, okay, well you're stupid. Like you need to stop. Well, vice versa too. Uh, Josh will check a, check us out here when we're got a hot take and it's not accurate. He'll tell us where it's at. Same as Matt, but I don't like it when it comes from Matt. It's better when it comes from Josh. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And I think that's, that's true for anybody. So Mm -hmm. longevity, journey, joy, um, hunker down, hunker down, hot takes, hot Hot takes, takes. um, love chicken wings. Intent, intentional, <laughs> intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like somebody's gonna pray, but I don't. No, no I don't want anybody to pray. Not, no. Okay. Yeah, wow. Way to be really spiritual. <laughs> I. You know what? People message me all the time and say that I'm wise and spiritual, so that doesn't insult me, because I know that I am, and everybody else out there was thinking, don't pray. Just like everybody else out there is thinking, no more awkward Bible studies, right, Josh? Yeah. Well, I've actually had that conversation with a few people. Yeah, we don't want that. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast this evening. Yeah. And They uh, could be watching it during the day, so you shouldn't generalize. Yeah. We you're know s- production. You're so old. <laughs> people- Good morning, church. Good afternoon. Midnight. This, this got personal it yeah it's like, fine okay. you know what you have tiny hands and i love them that's all i'm gonna say about that <laughs> bye everybody bye. have a good week